Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's away from two here on SCNZ Afternoons with Staffy with Stephen McIver, Joe and intern Braden who's basically been doing most of the heavy lifting. Joe just swanned in and decided he would take control but has done a, a half decent job as well. So the boys are on fire today uh, here on Afternoons as we head towards another great weekend. A couple of texts on the Timber Bedpost text line. Uh, Stephen Chiefs by eight. But I don't support either, says Ken. Oh, come on, Ken. Come on, Ken. And he's picking the Dragons over the Warriors by between 6 to 10. Although we were talking to Brendan Popperwell from the TAB. He is adamant, adamant in his Warriors onesie that it'll be 30. Yes, that's right, Brendan. He wears a Warriors onesie when he was watching the games. Uh, 13 plus. He called it 13 plus. And uh, we've got a just a quick text in here. Can't actually see who it was, but it doesn't really matter. Yes, I do. It's Mike from Christchurch. Hey, Mike, thanks for texting in on the Temper Bedpost text line with your picks. Uh, please tell, oh, he said, please tell McConey. I texted Kirsty and Beaver this, his recipe, but put the sliced tomatoes in after the toasty is cooked. How good. Uh, but they got confused, so please help them understand. Mike from Christchurch, actually t- put the toasted, the, oh, so you have cold tomatoes on your toasty, and you put it in afters, but that means then you have to open up the toasty, which makes no, makes no, makes, makes no sense. Ah, it doesn't matter. Uh, Temper Bid Post text line, double eight, double three. Coming your way shortly, three-time Rugby World Cup champion, Rene Woodman Wycliffe is on the show. We'll also go across the ditch with Jimmy Smith. And feel free to call us on 0800 150811 or on the Temper Bid Post text line, double eight, double three, right here on SENZ. Three minutes past two. This is SNZ Afternoons with Stephen McIver. 0800 150 as we head towards the run home. Uh, lots to look forward to coming your way in just a moment. We talked to three-time Rugby World Cup champion Renee Woodman Wycliffe. We'll get some thoughts from Jimmy Smith across the ditch around 2.45 this afternoon about the whole... What does he think of what Jerome Luai went out and posted yesterday on his Instagram feed? And I heard today... Uh, someone making excuses for Jerome because he said he was getting death threats. Well, that's that's okay. That's not cool. But uh, ask someone and get some advice as to how you should post or what you should post. Because I I still stand by that when he started calling fans idiots, and then you're a dick because fans run are the game. We we do everything for fans. As simple as that. You know, when you're playing, you do everything for fans. So uh, I'm I'm not going to change my approach to that one. But she, we shall just wait and see. Renee Woodman Wycliffe is a three-time Rugby World Champion in the 15s game. She's also won a Rugby Sevens World Cup. 
in Moscow in 2013 and runner-up in 2009. The other day I was making my sort of, shall we say, professional debut as a ring announcer at a boxing event in Orewa. And who happened to be on the main card? Renee Woodman Wycliffe. Didn't get the, the win, Renee, but must have been a heck of an experience. Yeah, killer seven. Um, yeah, it was definitely experience. Um, something that I didn't think I would uh, be capable, I suppose. I, I'm not sure what the word is, but hey, the challenge was there and I took it and the training was awesome. I enjoyed it, so I thought um, I need a purpose to this training, so I thought I'll jump in the ring. <laughs> Why did you do it? What what was Where, where did the initial approach come from? Um, well, my first sort of... Um, I suppose I dared to jump in the ring was the fight for life and the charity stuff. Mm-hmm. So before that, before Saturday, I was trying to get on a charity box, like just to uh, give back, I suppose. And, you know, th- people or kids or um, go through a lot of things. And um, that was pretty much it. So that was my purpose. And then no, I didn't have any opponents. And so uh, my trainer got me into the fight on Saturday. So, okay, so I'm pretty tight. Let's you know, I'll throw this one out there. I'm pretty tight with uh, Dino, you know, Dean Lonigan and the Fight yeah. for Life. Would you like to go on the Fight for Life card? Oh, absolutely. I think it's um, it's an awesome co-papa, I suppose. And I watched it with Mia on there, and I was just like, fire out. She's amazing, like, for, for wahine. And um, just, I think I just enjoy watching the art of boxing and how it's an individual sport and how challenging that was because man after that after that fight I was like yeah nah it's it's pretty hard <laughs> yeah trust me it's hard I my first fight I, I didn't I didn't get the in fact my first two charity fights five five didn't get the W either and you and you feel a little bit disappointed because you you throw in all this hard work right and you and I think the biggest revelation is there's nowhere to hide yeah that's it and I think too um like I trained for four months, I suppose, wow. and getting in the ring, and then everything just went out the window. <laughs> yeah, it does, right? You see, did you, did you feel like you saw a little bit of red mist, and, and then you went, oh, what the hell? Let's see what happens. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this, and then I trained it, and then I get in the ring, and I was like, I didn't do any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> what did your trainer Gunnar Jackson say after round one? Um, he was just saying like do more like because I was jabbing so I needed to throw my two and that's all I can remember I think I was trying to catch a breath at the same time <laughs> see that's the funny thing <laughs> you know after you're incredibly yeah. fit right but you realize you're not that fit even over three two minute rounds yeah yeah I think I think I needed to do a, a bit more sparring <laughs> Oh, well, you'll be okay. And I, I, I have great respect for anyone that hops in a ring. I want to talk some rugby oh. with you because I think yep. it's really important to understand uh, coming out of a team environment and then challenging yourself into an individual environment. How much do you learn about – how much more do you learn about yourself going into that solo environment from what you've learned being a team player? Mm. Yeah, I think – it's mindset, so um, you don't have anyone to run next to you or train next to you. So it's obviously when you're in a team environment, you have that encouragement, motivation, um, support. And I suppose I had my trainer, but um, sometimes when you're used to like your team, your voices from your teammates, it kind of helps you. 
but when you're hearing a different voice that's just you know a little bit different to the encouragement um it can be quite tough and i don't know i just i just feel i i felt like over the last four months i really found found myself in terms of the grit like it does take a lot of hard work dedication and sacrifice and a and not saying that you you don't do that in team sport, but as an individual man, I I sacrificed a little, uh, quite a lot just to get to this fight, even though it wasn't some sort of pro fight. But I think as a professional athlete, you get that. Can you, could, would you explain to me the sacrifices you made? Yeah, so I um well leading up to the leading up to the fight, I got sick, so I was out for two weeks and I wasn't able to train, and then. I felt a little bit better, so I thought I'd go to the gym and just sweat it out and stuff. And then days after that, or a week and a half before my flight, I sliced my hand. Oh. Um, six stitches, so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to fight. So I was training with one hand, um, and then the stitches came out, and then I thought, okay, I'll go to training tonight. Went to go to train, took the glove off, and I, it opened again. So I think it was just the more... Of, I really want to do this, I can do this, I can do this. It's just a cut, but really it was actually affecting, um, uh, I don't know. Where was the cut? Where was the cut? Was it on your palm? Yeah. Yeah, So you couldn't couldn't squeeze the the punch, right? You couldn't squeeze the knuckle? Nah. Yeah. Nah. (laughs) I couldn't do much with my left hand, nah. (laughs) And that's that's your jab. Actually, you're 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 an orthodox, right? It was a left jab, right? You're a standard jabber, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. But look, it's done. But okay, so now now we know you want to do the fight for life. I'll make a call this afternoon. And if it's okay with you, I'll pass on your number to Dean. Would that be okay? Let's do this publicly. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. we're good. Okay, so the next stage. <laughs> All right, now now let's now let's talk about a rugger for you uh, about your three rugby world cups. Did you ever in your life think you would win three 15s titles? I, to be honest, I didn't think I would even last <laughs> that long. But I think because um, I I've been through a lot of injuries, and each one was different. So there were times where I was just like, I'm chucking the talent. I'm not going to be able to do this. Um, but I don't know what got me through. I think it was just like the passion of the game. It's I, I felt like I owed rugby so much. Um, it saved my life. All these sort of things. So I just I couldn't give I couldn't give up. That's um, that's a big. And co- so when I got yeah, that's a big call when you say it saved your life. Can I can we can yeah. we dig a little deeper on that one? Why did it save your life? Oh, uh, just growing up, I went down a pathway of uh, drugs and alcohol and stuff like that, and just hanging out with the wrong people. I've talked about it um, openly on like magazines and mm-hmm. stuff, but um, I had to move out of my small town to mm-hmm. to, to make it. So that's exactly what I've done. And um, yeah, I'm actually really glad that I, I made that choice on my own and went and played counties and Auckland Storm and that up there. And yeah, I made Black Ferns in 2009. So yeah. Very there, grateful. When you look back on your career, there's always an individual. So I have to ask you, who is the individual that introduced you to rugby and, and put and steered you on the right track? Oh, there's not just an individual. Um, my, I lost my dad when I was younger. Um, my my whanai, whanai, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, at the time and still is right now. Um, they helped me a lot. They um, gave me a roof and clothes and... Um, they supported me and they still are supporting me. So them and then um, 
and then uh, Vanessa Coots as well. So she came into, she's a legend, Black Friends legend. I don't know if you know mm-hmm, her, mm-hmm. but she she came to Pidal College one day. Um, she uh, taught us skills and drills and stuff like that, and I was just like blown away. I was like, who is this lady? She's like massive quads. Um, she talked about Black Friends. I had no idea who the Black Friends were, and she was telling us about her story. And so from then on, I was like, I, I want to be a Black Friend. So I saw, and I, I thanked her um, on one of the capping nights. I, I actually got to meet her properly, and I thanked her for um, coming to my small town and to college and sh- sharing that because I think if it wasn't for hearing her story, I don't know if I, I would have been up to Auckland and wanted to play rugby. Or, or, been, or been where you were, were, be, ho- were hoping to be and, and, yeah. and achieve so much. It, yeah. do, do you sometimes look back and, and go, that was my light bulb moment that saved me. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that she came to Pidal at the right time. <laughs> yeah, and I thank you for that. Yeah. So, so, so going forward, you start playing rugby. When did you realise that you had some talent? Um. Well, before rugby, I was playing New Zealand Touch as well. So, I loved that sport, but um, it was quite hard for my mum to single parent to. Um, fundraise just to get me around the country so um, when I moved up to Auckland there were there were opportunities with rugby there was traveling it was already paid for I got an opportunity to go to England in 2009 for six months like stuff like that that I've never ever dreamed of so then I thought gosh rugby could be the one so when I got back um, to New Zealand from England that's when I put my head down and I worked hard to try and get into the Black Ferns and then I knew straight away I want to make this something big. And 13 years later, I was, yeah. When, you, when you're going on this journey, do you, did you have someone to lean on as advice? Did you have a mentor to to help you understand, you know, you've come, let's, a raw, let's just say a raw background, knowing what happened, right? Did you have someone or some people to, to you could pick up a phone and say, hey, um, I'm, I'm struggling with this particular part, you know, but like going to England maybe for the first time and, and having to play over there, those sorts of things. Who did you rely on? I had my whangai sister, Katie Tissing, so she, she helped out heaps. And I guess my um, my family, family, they were just supportive, loving. And it wasn't that my mum wasn't. It was just a different um, way of care. Um, and then I guess to, it was literally myself. I wanted to get out of Paidor, seeing people or, you know, people that I knew that I felt weren't going anywhere. So so some of that was just me. I didn't have, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't talk to anyone. It was just purely my decision I'm going to make this a big deal and then I moved myself to Auckland. Where do you find that strength internally? Mm, that's a good question. I think my mum, my my mum was a, like a stubborn uh, stubborn woman who was just independent um, seeing her as a single parent watching her working hard just to provide for us I think that gave me the drive like if she can go out and provide for me and my young brother, then I can do something too. So I guess my mum. Yeah. So she, so she uh, absently, sort of absent Miley was your role model, right? Yeah. 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 Three rugby world cups in the fifteens, and we were the the New Zealand was wrapped up in in the Black Ferns win in twenty twenty one. 
Is that the best campaign that you have been involved in of the three wins? Yeah, I think so. I think it was more around... Uh, I wasn't sure, if, to be honest, if New Zealand was going to have our packs and um, when we had sold out stadiums and stuff like that, I think I remember walking out of the um, tunnel and I just started crying because I was just like, everyone's here to support not only Black Friends but women's rugby and that was real special to us Black Friends and we wanted to, that's what we wanted to do or hope to do and it actually happened. Um, and then just seeing a crowd with uh, young kids to older uh, older people and just enjoying themselves and I don't think, you know, you go to other, like to rugby games and they enjoy drinking and stuff like that. It didn't feel that way when we were walking around the around the park and thanking all the fans. It was such a, it felt like such a family, uh, yeah. what do you call it? Experience. It was just a family experience, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I, I was I was amazed in the final. I don't know who was subbed off and there was still pressure on. You hadn't won the game yet. And the individual was walking sort of on the oh, behind the dead ball line and smiling. Hadn't won the game yet, but everybody was standing and saluting and applauding yeah. the player. And I, I think the Black Ferns took us somewhere, and rugby fans particularly somewhere they hadn't been before. That it wasn't, it was, it was more than the game, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's something that I will cherish forever. And. Just not only that, but having my daughter there like live, she usually <laughs> would have to watch us on TV and stuff like that. So she couldn't believe it. So afterwards, she was like, Mom, why were you crying? So she was asking all oh. these questions and then saying stuff like, wow, that was amazing, that game. I got to see you tackle. I got to see you like, you know, crying and stuff like that. And I was like, that's amazing. And that's something so special. How impactful was Sir Wayne Smith? You came into this tournament, this team came into this tournament with people going, well, they've had a terrible 2020. They're not going to do anything. Uh, sorry, 2021. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think it was, was it 20? Yeah, 20. The, the tour to England was a mess, right? How impactful was mm. he? And were you surprised at how quickly he connected with everybody? Yeah, I was. It was. Um I don't know what it is about Smithy. He's he's he has this big loving heart. That he really really believed in us, and he believed in each each and every individual um, to the core. Like he he will drive to to your house and sit down and have a cup of tea and like actually want to get to know you. So I think that was very special for us players. Like I don't think I've ever had a coach that will just take their time out of their day and say, hey, look, I want to catch up. Let's have a coffee or whatever. Like come to your house, like kind of stuff like that, and wanting to know you on a deeper level. Um, and so I guess from him doing that, it kind of opened up our doorways for us to, okay, cool, he believes in us, let's play for him as well. Like it was such a short moment of time where he had to come in and try and transfer this this team from what happened the year before and then try and win a World Cup. He actually said to us, we are going to win the World Cup we have to believe in ourselves, I believe in you sort of stuff. So it was actually quite powerful. And he's such a um, community person that he got us out in the community and um, paying forward and doing stuff for for others. Um, And he was huge on that. Before hearing that, before hearing him say, we are going to win the World Cup, were there doubts among the squad about, oh, okay, Wayne Smith, you know, All Blacks coach, will he connect with us? Oh, I think so. 
I think there was a bit of doubt because we didn't know what he was going to bring, even though we knew who, that he was the professor, you know. And, yeah. um, and him coming into a woman's environment, it, it can be different for, for a male to come in and um, get 30-plus women asking 10 million questions. But, um, no, nah, he, he brought that belief in. Yeah, he was just awesome, him and Ted. Well, you know, you know, you're allowed to. I think most people, most people know who who Ted is. And did you get him dancing? Because it was a party atmosphere every time you went to the changing rooms, the World Cup. So, did you get him actually dancing? That old man dancing. He was the party. Like he honestly, <laughs> he was he what was, Sir was, Wayne Smith was the party. No, Ted. No, not oh, not Ted. Sir Wayne Smith. Grand Henry was. <laughs> he is a character. Honestly, he was just hilarious. Oh um, but, my. Yeah, I don't think they were used to having us playing um, loud music. So we would play music on the on the bus. They're so used to the um, males having their headphones on, so focused. But we'll have the speaker blasting, um, and I don't know if they were used to that. Well, you know what? <laughs> so, it, it transfers across because when I'm calling Auckland Rugby League in the women's premiership, I check out and have a chat to the the players and the coaches, and there is music as soon as they open that door. As soon as they fall in, <laughs> it's just pumping and I get it you know and I think yeah. men's footy can learn a lot hey look before we go you're a married woman now right yeah. uh, Portia the beautiful Portia uh, how's that how's married life oh, nothing's changed I'm still doing the dishes and still cleaning <laughs> up <so. laughs> I think just the last name's changed though. yeah so you both nah, take, it's, so, it. it's, so it's Woodman Wycliffe you've, you've, you've got the double handles now yeah, yeah, we thought we'll just uh, combine the two. Um, her, her last name is powerful. We, I didn't want to change that either, and it's special to her with her dad um, and her father mm. as well. So, um, yeah, we, we thought about... So, so from where you've come and to where you are now, do you feel, I suppose we could ask this question, do you feel complete? Um. No, I don't think so. I think there's still boxing that I still want to carry on doing. Wow. Um, uh, there's still stuff I want to um, do with Rangatahi with, the, with youth. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a bit of coaching that I'm doing at the moment. My daughter's under 11s team, and which is an all-girls team. All girls playing boys. Nice. Um, nice. And then the Volcanics. I'm helping out with the Volcanics this year. So what, excuse me? The Volcanics? Yeah, they have plenty of volcanics. Ah, right. The the women's the women's team is that in the women's uh, the FPC. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And you know the one thing we have to ask you because you're from Pairoa, I'm from Putaru, mm-hmm. so we are Waikato oh. people. Uh, Chiefs, Chiefs by how many for you tomorrow? Oh, I just think that they're going to win by. Oh, it's going to be a close close match, eh? But I reckon. I don't know. I'm going to go thirteen. All right, well, oh, well, we'll take we'll take that, Renee. Hey, Renee, thanks so much for sharing your story. I, I hope your auntie's going to be okay. I, I will just leave that at that, and everything's going to be good. But uh, love to Portia. Thanks for giving us your time, and I will ring Dino, and I'll try my best to get you on the next Fight for Life card. 
Appreciate you, Stephen. Thank you so much. You are more than welcome. Renee Woodman Wycliffe, three-time Rugby World Cup champion, also in the sevens as well, and just an inspiration. I had this quick text here uh, saying, great yarn, inspirational to youth, that's for sure. And Andrew goes, my wife, myself and two sons saved up flying to Brisbane for a break. We worked it around the Black Ferns playing in Brisbane. Totally a fan of the women's game. Renee Zagrafa has brought the game to the next level. Thanks so much. 225.